The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. So it's really upon each of us to educate ourselves and try to clean up our bodies and our lives. And by that, I mean not only what we're eating, but what's around us. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Elizabeth Yarnell is a traditional naturopath with a mission to empower people suffering from MS and other autoimmune diseases to reclaim their health naturally. You guys know I'm totally into this, so I'm really excited to talk to her today. And since being diagnosed with MS in 1999, she has worked with hundreds of MS and other autoimmune sufferers in her U.S. clinic using unique, personalized, natural therapies to empower us to reclaim our health. Let's chat it up with Elizabeth. Hello. How are you today? Well, hi. I You can hear in my voice that I am finding a little bit of just hoarseness. It's nothing else systemic, but my, I lost my voice this week. <laughs> but uh, I'm here, so please bear with me. Yes, absolutely. And Elizabeth is going to be sniffing some tea tree oil to help with her voice. <laughs> and so I'm loving that. And I already learned something from her about the tea tree oil. So I'm so excited to speak with you today. And so Elizabeth, yes, she, so she was diagnosed in 1999 with MS. So I've asked her if she wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of her diagnosis story with us because, you know, we all relate to that business. Absolutely. So for me, it started one night in 1999 when I went to sleep as usual and I awoke the next morning blind in my right eye. And I received this diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. At the time, I didn't even know what MS was. And then since then, I've learned that about a million Americans are affected by multiple sclerosis. And even worse, 80% of MS patients will experience significant disability within 10 years of diagnosis. So here I was, it was literally two weeks before my 30th birthday, and I was learning that by the time my 40th birthday rolled around, I would probably be in a wheelchair. So that is how my journey started. And it was actually my then fiance, now my husband of 20 some years, who first suggested to me that it might have something to do with the way I ate. And of course, none of my doctors agreed with that, but that started me yeah. off on my path. If anybody's been listening to the show, they know that when I was diagnosed, I asked, like I said to the doctor, is there something I should do differently with my nutrition, my diet? And he sent up the nutritionist from the hospital and she said, no, just eat a balanced diet. And, you know, at that time, my balanced diet was fast food 
And so I did make a few alterations, but man, I could have really used someone like you on my side to guide me a little bit more. And I was right with you. I mean, the entire decade of my 20s, I lived in an apartment by myself. I ate fast food, I ate restaurant food, or I literally skipped the meal. And maybe this is a good time to, talk, to just mention that in 2014, I did a TED Talk about this very subject. Yes, and it's super informative. And even though, you know, 2014, it's been a minute, it still super resonates. And people don't know this stuff, right? And if you don't seek it out, you you wouldn't know. Right. Well, and it drives me crazy to hear people tell me, oh, well, my nutritionist suggested that I drink diet soda instead for less calories. That is just so much worse. So if, you're, if you must drink a soda, try to get a natural soda. And if you can't, don't choose the diet version. I drink those seltzers, not the alcoholic ones, but like, you the know, like LaCroix. LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I am sensitive to what are called natural flavors. So LaCroix looks awesome, right? Like my kids drink it all the time. It's water and natural flavors. No calories, no sweeteners, no nothing. But when I drink LaCroix, first I get stomach aches and then the next day my eyelids peel. Stop. Wow. So that's really specific to you. And I want to get into some food sensitivities. I think we're going to do that on um, episode two. So we need to bring that back in because that's crazy. And I want to get some testing done for myself and all. But you ask this question on your website, and I think it is super valid for all of us. So Elizabeth asks, is your health holding you back? Why do you ask that question and how does it pertain to the work that you do? You know, I think people start to embody what is their normal. And they say, oh, well, my normal is I need this much sleep. Oh, or I can't do that. I'm too fatigued to do that. Or I'm not able to do that. And they miss out on so many things in life. We only have one precious lifetime. And good health is our birthright. We don't have to suffer like that, even with the diagnosis of MS. Truth. And I forgot about my MS for a while, kind of put it on the back burner. And then I started to like go gung ho. And now I'm trying to find my balance of where, what are the things that I really need specific to me? So Elizabeth also does a lot of work with inflammation. And I wanted to really dive into that topic today and talk about maybe some causes or how we can deal with this inflammation? Because as we all know, this is more root cause stuff of why the MS is occurring. Exactly. And so we know that MS is an inflammatory disease. That's like on the National MS Society website, MS is an inflammatory disease. It happens when we have chronic inflammation in our body. Now, medical doctors will tell us MS happens because the a subset of white blood cells called T cells go rogue and start reacting to nothing or to ourselves, which is the whole definition of autoimmune, right? Immune to yourself or allergic to yourself. But if you really sit down to think about that, evolution says, "Mm, that's impossible. You would have died out. So I think that that's a mistake. We're not allergic to ourselves, which is so defeatist, right? If you're allergic to yourself, what can you do? You still live in your body. (laughs) 
What I think is happening instead is that we are not identifying, we're not looking in the right places to identify the triggers that are causing the inflammation in the first place. So one of the things I love to do is just to take people through, what does it look like if you're inflamed? Well, inflammation in the head could be a headache or migraine or foggy thinking, foggy brain. Inflammation in the sinuses could be cold, stuffy or runny noses, or could be chronic sinusitis, sinus infections. Inflammation in the chest could be asthma, could be blood pressure, could be heart problems, could be breathing issues. Inflammation in the in the gut could be digestive issues like burping or bloating or pain or acid reflux. Or if it's a little bit lower down, it could be diarrhea or constipation or just bowel dysfunction in general. Inflammation in our joints, we know that's arthritis or fibromyalgia. So anything that ends in an itis means inflammation. So for me, right, my my foundational diagnosis that brought me to be diagnosed with MS was optic neuritis. That's why I went blind in the eye. So neuritis, that's got that itis on it, right? It's inflammation of the optic nerve. It's all inflammation, right? It doesn't really matter. But it manifests differently, right? How it's manifesting. Okay, so yeah. what do we do about it? So the, the good thing is, is that we can deal with inflammation. It's within our control. So the first steps that I always recommend to everybody is really to do the things I talked about in the TED Talk and try to avoid and clean your life out of all of the toxins and chemicals in our modern world. Our world has become so contaminated. For just an example, in, the, in Europe, there's something like 1,800 chemicals that are accepted as safe. And in the United States, it's like 38,000. We just say it's generally accepted as safe, but no one is out there looking to see how much exposure to these chemicals one person is having. We don't have little Geiger counters on our bodies that say, oh, you know what? You've had too much food dyes over this last week or whatever it is. So it's really upon each of us to educate ourselves and try to clean up our bodies and our lives and by that, I mean not only what we're eating, but what's around us are those horrific air fresheners um, that are just toxins being spewed into our air and then encouraging you to breathe them down into your lungs where those molecules that are coming, coming out of a chemical laboratory, they're not natural, are going into our lungs and maybe getting caught up in there and causing lots of issues. So they're all over my house, Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Get rid really? of them, please. Yeah. Oh, okay. All oh, those things are horrific. Yeah. Horrific. Air fresheners, dryer sheets are another one I okay. hate. Okay. Goodness gracious. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so we need to identify those things that are harming us and I need to get rid of my air fresheners. So other toxins. So you were saying there's food toxins, environmental toxins, but what about that the inflammation. So I, I'm going to eliminate those things. And once they're gone, is there anything else that I should be like aware of with it? How do I know that what I'm doing is working? You'll start to feel better. And also you may become more sensitive to things. So once you rid your life of these artificial fragrances, we'll just let me tell you, there are six or seven main huge corporations on this globe that create all of the chemicals that go into all the fragrances in all of our products, whether that's Pine Sol, whether that's Tide, whether that's Diet Coke, it doesn't matter. They're all getting their chemicals from these same laboratory jockey chemical companies. 
all of these things can come in to our ear. So now, for instance, that in my life, I don't have any of those things. I don't use scented laundry detergent or dryer sheets or anything like that, air fresheners, nothing like that. Here's an example. We had a carpool and with a little boy next door and he gets into our car in the morning and all of a sudden my entire car is flooded with the scent of Tide. Uh. And I can't even breathe. I have to roll the window down because I've become so sensitive to it because I don't have that exposure anymore. I can really recognize. That's one of the ways that you can tell if you have successfully eradicated a lot of those artificial fragrances. So how do we find out what it is that's really bothering us, that root cause of the inflammation? So in the old days, we used to do an elimination diet. And we would say, okay, for two to three weeks, we're going to put you on a diet of only pears, chicken, and rice. But the problem is, is a lot of people are sensitive to pears or chicken and rice. So you're restricting your diet unnecessarily and not having any improvement. And then you're like, well, I guess this isn't the problem. So now we have more modern ways to do this. And in fact, I use a, what I consider to be the gold standard of food sensitivity testing called the MRT the mediator release test. And it is amazingly accurate and can tell me exactly what a person is or, or more importantly, is not sensitive to. Because I don't want to do an elimination diet where I say, you know what, A, B, and C turned up high in the test, just go away and avoid those things. You're probably not going to have very good results. Instead, if I can identify for you what is the least reactive foods for you to be eating and restrict you to those super effective yeah and i feel like it's if we do the elimination thing you're kind of wasting some time there too right you really are it takes a very you could spend years doing elimination right for my son when he when we were trying to figure out what was the root cause of his issues we had eliminated dairy and soy and wheat and corn and all of these things really unnecessarily because we none of that was working there were still other things that we never would have thought to eliminate for him, which like included broccoli, garlic, and lemon. So people that I've talked to have like tried the elimination thing or done like the swank or the wool's protocol or something. And they're like, that didn't work for me. I still had tons of symptoms. Could this be a reason why? It could. And I'm not going to diss either of those approaches. I think they're super valuable and they have given us so much to the realm of even identifying that food can have an issue in your health. But neither of those is specific to you or to me. They're blanket recommendations, right? So I adore Terry Walls. I know her personally, but her plan is the same for everybody. And no offense to Terry Walls, She's a very tall, maybe six foot tall woman. I'm like a five foot three person. I can't eat six cups of kale a day. It's just not physically possible for me. Not only that, but when I test people, I find people who are sensitive to kale. So I love her approach in looking at the micronutrients that we're missing. And I think that's absolutely valid. But where she's missing is that those that T cell activity those hypersensitive T cells that may be reactive to random things. Like for me, lettuce is one of my most reactive foods. That is just wild to me that lettuce does that to you. Now, is it a specific type or like iceberg, everything? 
anything that's called lettuce. Wow. Wow. I'm good with I'm good with kale. I'm arugula. I'm good with spinach, just not lettuce. So you can get all that green stuff in your diet in different ways. Okay. So you've opened my eyes to a few things now. And so say I, I want to start, you know, living a little bit more cleanly with my diet. How does that process work with you? So people listening right now, they're like, hmm, that really triggered something for me. Are you a person that does remote care in that traditional naturopath realm? It's That's all I do. I have a virtual practice. I have since 2011. I work with anybody in North America. The criteria is you have to be able to ship your blood overnight to the lab in Florida because there is only one lab in the country that does this test. And yes, I work with anybody who is interested in really digging deep and finding out their personalized triggers because I don't do anything with blanket recommendations. Okay. So now we're getting somewhere, right? So people are going to want to reach out to you, Elizabeth. And so where can they reach you? So the best place to always find me is at my website, elizabethyarnell.com. And if you go to the bottom of it, it says book a naturopathic health assessment. And I offer a complimentary assessment to explain to you, see if you're, first of all, a good candidate for what it is that I offer. And then see if I think it would be beneficial for you. This is great information. I hope everybody wrote that down. You can always press rewind on the podcast so that you can get that information. And of course, it's going to be in the show notes so you can all contact her through that. So from um, identifying what the root cause of that inflammation really is, maybe toxins or doing that food sensitivity test is going to be really helpful for us. Thank you so much for being here. Elizabeth will be here with us two more times. We're going to talk about some more food sensitivity pieces and also parasites. And so you're not going to want to miss those because I'm going to be learning something new when we meet again. So thank you, Elizabeth. Keep thriving. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.